right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. On today's show, we do a fantasy football preview. It's just Connor and I today. We have interviews coming very, very soon. Some big-time interviews coming. Very excited about that. Going to do some over-unders podcasts coming in the next couple weeks with Brian for the NFL. We're going to try and get Preston Johnson back on for college football as well. Today, we do fantasy football. Fantasy football's back. We do first round. We go through ESPN's top 300 PPR cheat sheet, and we don't go through all 300 and list what players we like, we don't like. We just go through top 10 picks, talk about them kind of, and then we talk about players we love, players we, to avoid, and then sleepers as well. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, great to have fantasy football back, and I hope you enjoy the show. But before we get into today's show, we are brought to you by Pod Talk. Pod Talk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use Pod Talk myself. Go download it right now in the App Store. Go join group discussions on your favorite podcast like this one. Go subscribe and talk about the CarterCast in the CarterCast group discussion on Pod Talk right now. Download Pod Talk in the App Store today. And now here's the show. All right, we're back. It's August. You know what happens in August? It's football. Fantasy football is back today. We are doing a full fantasy football podcast. We're going to talk about players we love, players we hate, sleepers, go through the top few picks, go through a bunch, a bunch of players. It's going to be an awesome show. Let's start it off. We're finally back. It's been a long wait. Yep. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the draft. All right. Most people do online drafts. It's easier. You don't have to do it. This year, unfortunately, our league, we have to do an online draft. We're not yep. all in North Carolina this year. The offline draft is one of the best things on, on the ever. I want to say we started this a couple of years ago in our league and I was, I was very skeptical at first because we'd always done it online. And even though like we would still meet up like the, the ones of us that could and like just all bring our laptops and do it online there. But the offline draft is just so exhilarating because you're all in a room together. Y'all have you know, a pen and paper highlighter, whatever you have. It just makes it seem so much more real and meaningful rather than just like scrolling down and clicking a button, you know, doing all that kind of thing. The draft board, just seeing the draft board, it just makes it more like, I don't know if meaningful is the right word, but it just gets me more excited. It makes it more real. If anybody has ideas on how to do an offline Zoom draft board, DM me, email me, text mm -hmm. me, anything. Let me know. Trying to figure that out right now. But you're right. It does feel more real. Like, we all, like, the best part about an offline draft is you always have a couple people in your league that you just like, all right, who are they going to pick? Who are these people yeah. going to pick? And if you... There's always two, one or two people in your league. You're like, who is this guy going to pick? Yep. Is he going to pick Michael Turner? Is he going to yeah. pick Peyton Manning 1-1 when he's retired? Yeah. Something like that. There's always one person. And the beauty of the offline draft is you can't auto-draft. That. And plus with the offline draft, you can see people's reactions. Like if, if, they, if one of their players gets taken – you know, maybe you'll say that they had a nice sleeper and then gets taken the pick before you're going to see them get pissed off or, you know, make an, you know, make a remark or something like that. And also it's so much fun. Cause yeah, there's no timer, but the way we do it is just, if it starts taking too long, just somebody starts clapping and all, all of a sudden everybody just joins in. And I just, I don't know. I think there's, yeah. You always have those people in the league. That's why like, I don't like the timer because mm. you, because when it comes to the third round, third round is always that round you're like, golly, I do I go wide receiver or do yeah. I go RB2 here? And then you're sitting there. That's like the most pivotal pick of your draft, it feels like, is uh -huh. the second is like the third round. 
and it always takes like 10 minutes. And I'm, you know, what? I'll say I'm usually that guy that usually takes like the 10 minutes to figure out who I'm taking right there. I overthink it. And that's fine. That's understandable. The timer does come in handy when you're in the 15th round. And let's be honest, the guys you're taking in the last four rounds aren't going to be on your team in three weeks. And you got guys taking 10 minutes trying to decide between two players that probably won't crack the top 50 in their position. Yeah, you're all you're doing in those last, like in like the 14th round is like, oh, I saw the Cardinals beat reporter talk about this yep. third string running back who's going to take this next step. Like it's yeah. all shot in the dark. Or then. you're literally – Some people get lucky and have the steals of the draft back then. I mean, I drafted Michael Pittman super late, ended up dropping him by week two, and then look what yeah. happened to me. Well, also in, in those late rounds, you're basically betting on which starter is going to get injured and which handcuff you want to take. Like, for example, Alexander Madison last year, I kept on my roster the entire year. Dalvin Cook was out, like, what, like a few games at the end of the year? That got me to the championship. That really helped me get to the championship. That's a big argument right now, too, is just like, all right, do I draft the – Do I if I go, let's say I go Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. in the first round, do I draft Chuba Hubbard later on to handcuff him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it's somebody like that, maybe – but odds are I'm going to say no. The only thing is, though, if I'm drafting those later rounds, I'm going to take that handcuff option like an Alexander Madison, a Tony Pollard, especially this year, over like a Giovanni Bernard who's going to get touches but will never be relevant enough to actually put in your lineup. You know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, okay. The way we'll talk about today, we're going to we're gonna go based off the ESPN top 300 PPR cheat sheet, their rankings – um, you may not agree with them. We don't agree with them, obviously. We'll talk about players we like, players we think are overranked, all yep. that. Um, and then see here. And also, people talk about auction or uh-huh. you know, round by round drafts. We're talk we're gonna be just talking round by round drafts. We're not gonna be talking auction. Uh I like an auction draft. I'm a big auction draft fan, but we're gonna just do round by round. Yeah. And let me just say, quick, we can talk about this for a second. If you're one of the people who's in a league that does whole number scoring and you don't do decimals, do you like to have fun? Is, is there something mentally wrong with you? Whole number scoring is the dumbest thing on planet Earth. It's ridiculous because it's not it, – there's no room to, like, have a close game, like, oh, I'm .1 away or I need this one yard. It's just – I don't think I've done – I, honest to God, don't think I've done whole number leagues maybe since the first time I ever did fantasy football, and I was, like, 10. I think our very first league was whole number. Really? Our first year. I think our okay. first year was whole number. And then since then, yeah, we – oh, my gosh, I played a whole number league last year. If you're listening to this, and you know who you are. You know oh, who you horrible. are. That's horrible. It's just not as fun. It's not as, it's not as fun. And there's also, like, a thousand ties. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. that's the other thing I don't get. No ties. Because with the decimals, literally one yard makes the difference. And there's been games like that to – my gosh, the first year we did decimal scoring when like, – quick story time here. I had the Seahawks defense and I had Calvin Johnson. And Calvin Johnson fumbles the ball out of the end zone. Seahawks get the ball. And I'm thinking, it doesn't matter. I only need one point to win. Either it's a touchdown for Calvin Johnson that I win or the Seahawks recover the fumble and I win. Calvin Johnson fumbles it out of the back of the end zone, loses two points for the fumble. Seahawks don't recover it because it just goes out of the end zone. So I don't get a point for that. Lose by like 0.5. Worst night of my life. That's what I knew. That's what, oh my gosh. That's what I can't wait for is like, because the one thing is once you start gambling, gambling does hurt your love for fantasy. It It does. does. 
It, it does. does because when you have a hundred dollar buy-in at the beginning of the season, you go in, you're looking to win a thousand dollars. But when you go into week one of the NFL and all of a sudden you have 50 bucks on a game. Yeah. It's like that oh, instant payout. Yeah. It's the instant payout. Exactly. Instead of the season long grind of I'm waking up early, getting the first guy at the waiver wire. But now, and then that's the other thing we need to talk oh, about is yep. the waiver wire. Waiver priority, I think, is the dumbest thing on earth. If you don't do the silent auction every week where you where everyone gets to bid on how much they want to bid, you have your allotted amount at the beginning of the season on free agents. You bid on Tuesday. You get your players Wednesday. It's the best way, absolute best way to do waiver wire. Is that a waiver priority? And Like the person who loses gets it? That's not, that's not how it should be. It should yeah. be strategy. It shouldn't be, oh, let's reward the person who lost. Or it shouldn't be less reward the person who can stay up and whose phone loads the fastest at 3 a.m. Eastern time to get those free agents. Because that's what we did up until last year is it was literally just everybody scrolling on their phones, losing sleep, trying to get that one free agent. And it's literally just whoever's phone loads the fastest and registers that they're on the app the fastest. And that's who gets them. I I like that, though, because that that, that that means you put dedication into it. Everyone's up at 3 a.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. Mountain Time for me. Suck it. And then oh, yeah. makes it, it makes it so much better because it forces everybody to actually care about it. I mean, you still have to put in a lot more thinking and care, though, whenever you're budgeting your money. I think that's a little more indicative. Way better. The budget's way better. I'm comparing okay. the the 3 a.m. pickup compared to the waiver priority. Okay, I, I agree. I think 3 a.m. is better than the waiver priority. But – just like we did last year, the auction takes the cake. Because literally every week we had a text in our group chat say, no way Alec just put $57 on this RB3 who's going to start one week. And it's just, it's just a great time. Oh, shout out Alec. Two podcasts in a row Alec's been mentioned. Maybe he'll come on someday. He needs to be a guest. We got to get that D1 perspective. That, that NFL first potential NFL first round pick perspective. We'll be talking about him in our fantasy draft next year. Yeah, leak, that transition is a good thing. Leak punishments. I think you have to have, okay, so in our case, you have to have the first time you decide to do a leak punishment, you have to have the last place person buy in and actually do it. In our case, we did. Our last place finisher, the first year we decided to do punishments, shaved his head completely. And so that set the precedent of, okay, now every punishment you actually have to do it or you're gone. Yeah, and it'll happen this year. We just got to figure out the right time to do it. But oh, yeah. we got to figure out next year's punishment. There's so many good ones now. Like, people have got, like, this is why, like, yeah, Twitter can suck, internet can suck, whatever. This is why the internet's amazing because oh, yeah. you see all these crazy fantasy football punishments, like the classic Waffle House challenge That's or having one. to retake the SA, or ACT and get a certain score on it. That is, that I love the worst that one. one. That has to be the worst one. I love that one. Like that, I think is like funny, hilarious. And it, it actually like challenges you. I think that is, I think that is by far the, I would rather spend 24 hours in a waffle house than take the ACT anytime. I'd rather take the ACT than shave my head. No, I'd shave my head. No way. Uh-uh. I'd rather take the ACT than shave my head. I could wear a hat. I'm not taking that ACT ever <laughs> again. I'm God. not, I'm not getting this is a this is a local North Carolina reference. I'm not getting in that basement of the Oak Ridge Military Academy one more time. <laughs> that was and you get up at the butt crack of dawn to go learn, do math, reading, BS, grammar, and then science, which is basically reading. 
Whatever. We're not talking. We're not talking about the ACT. You stumble in. You stumble in there with your snacks, and you're all groggy, and you get a 15 minute break, and you go out in the hallway with everybody. Else. You're walking in with half a chub and a McGriddle. You're just like, "What am I doing right now?" <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk fantasy football after the break. Okay, we're going to talk about the first round, just a regular 10-man 10, 10 league. We're not yep. going to go through list every single player, but let's talk about a lot of players real quick. If you have the number one pick in your fantasy football draft, who are you taking? Well, I'm, I'm going to follow ESPN here, and I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I'm not taking McCaffrey. Too much injury history. Even as a Panthers fan, you can't trust him. The last few years have been horrible injury-wise. Jonathan Taylor is guaranteed – Probably, what, 30 touches a game, I would say, at least. Even with Matt Ryan at the helm, like, yeah, Matt Ryan's a gunslinger, sure. Jonathan Taylor is the surefire number, number one pick. He's going to get you touchdowns. He's going to get you touches, yards. And there's not really a backup that's a threat to take touches away from him, I, I wouldn't think. Like, there's other guys on the roster who are, what, probably third down backs. But I don't think there's a clear cut. Like, there's not like a Tony Pollard, Zeke situation. Like, Jonathan Taylor will be getting 35 touches a game, maybe. Yeah, Naheem, Naheem Hines does come in and vulture a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, it's Jonathan Taylor 1-1. I don't think you ever think it. You take Jonathan yeah. Taylor 1-1, without a doubt. The people who take Cooper Cup are going to get blasted in their leagues. And, and and for good reason. I don't think you can take – I really, honest to God, I don't know if I've taken a wide receiver number one ever. I've had the number one pick like a few times in our league. And I've never taken a receiver because you just don't know. Like, yes, Cooper Cup's proven. Yes, Matthew Stafford – went off last year they won the super bowl what if stafford comes out and sucks this year then what what if what if everybody double covers cooper cup like there's too many variables with a receiver to take him number one overall there's not enough guaranteed touches like he's not going to touch the ball 30 times a game yes it's ppr but still he's not guaranteed to get the ball a certain amount of times a game yeah the thing is though i I just like cooper cup so much and you can talk about like he may be double covered and they lose Robert Woods. They bring in Allen Robinson, who's going to do the exact same thing Robert Woods was doing. I'm not worried about that at all. I think Cooper Cup, if you take Cooper Cup two overall, I would, you can't argue with that. He was the best player in fantasy last year. So you're taking him over McCaffrey this year in the draft? Nah, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. See, I wouldn't either. I would take McCaffrey. The only reason I take McCaffrey, though, is like I'm saying I wouldn't blame someone for taking Cooper Cup two or one two is because i mean one he was just consistent he didn't get hurt ever Mm -hmm. just rock solid mccaffrey you i mean you gotta think about injuries but this is the reason why i take mccaffrey and this is arguably he's i mean arguably he's the best player in fantasy every Mm -hmm. if he's on the field and plays an entire game he's going to be the number one player in fantasy by the end of the season no matter what if he plays every single game and he doesn't get hurt at all, he's the number one player in fantasy without a doubt. If Even if he plays like 13, 14 games, yeah. he's going to finish number one because when you have McCaffrey on your roster and he plays a full game, he is guaranteed, guaranteed 20 points. Guaranteed. Let's be honest, the Panthers are not going to be winning a lot of games this year. And even if they were, he'd be getting the ball and running-wise. But we're in a PPR league and we're talking about PPR rankings. The Panthers love checking the ball down to McCaffrey. I can't speak for Baker Mayfield and how he'll look in this offense, but in years prior, McCaffrey's been one of the best players because he gets six, seven, eight receptions a game for 70 yards, maybe a receiving touchdown every few games. Most other running backs don't get that. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing you want to talk about is like, okay, well, we don't know. Baker did the same thing with Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt got so many receptions. Yeah. I think 
And whether it's Baker, Darnold, or Matt Corral, whoever's starting is going to check down to McCaffrey constantly because you're like, yeah. oh, this is an automatic seven yards. Yep, I 100% agree. And that's why I would take him number two overall. I would put him under Jonathan Taylor, but I think personally above Cooper Cup. The only reason I would take Jonathan Taylor over Christian McCaffrey is just because I like the Colts O-line better. But, yep. but, but this Panthers offensive line is going to surprise some people. It's we much have improved. done some work on the offensive line. It is much improved. And that does give me a lot of hope. And if McCaffrey can just stay healthy, like you said, I don't think there's any way he's not at least top two, probably the best player in fantasy if he just plays 14 games. Okay, I'm going to run through. I'm going to list one through 10 out of yep. the top 10 picks. And you tell me who, if you got went out of the first round, who you like the most besides like, you can't say like Taylor, McCaffrey, whoever yep. we talked about. So one Taylor, two Cup, three McCaffrey, four Austin Eckler, five Justin Jefferson, six Jamar Chase, seven Derrick Henry, eight Najee Harris, nine Devontae Adams, 10 Dalvin Cook. I'm going to start off saying out of those 10 players you just listed, I think the person on that list I trust the least is Najee Harris. Because you just don't know the quarterback. The whole offensive situation in Pittsburgh, actually, outside of Najee Harris, is just very questionable. Is it going to be Kenny Pickett, Trubisky? Who's it going to be? And if you're playing the Steelers, you're going to stack the box. You have to. Because either way, Pickett or Trubisky, they're un pretty much unproven in the league. The teams are going to stack the box. I just don't know if Najee Harris has that. No doubt about it, surefire first-round success pick this year. Like you said earlier, I love Austin Eckler coming out of this round. I'd be happy with him. I think I'm happy with either Jefferson or Jamar Chase. If I'm around that 5-6-7 slot, Derrick Henry's going to average 30 touches a game again this year. I'm a big Dalvin Cook believer. I love him. Devontae Adams is kind of a toss-up. I think Derrick Carr will be great. But the only one of those guys I would really not feel happy with in the first round is Najee Harris. I don't know. What do you think? I wouldn't be happy with Devontae Adams. See, that's probably would be my next, like, he's listed at number nine right here. That's probably, ugh, like, out of the so 10 let's players say, you listed. Let's say you have the ninth overall pick, and Devontae Adams is sitting there. Those first eight guys are off the board, and you have Devontae Adams sitting there at nine. You're not taking him. I'm taking Dalvin Cook without, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I love – I, this is going to sound insane, but like, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I'm not as big on Najee Harris. I think Devontae Adams is probably the person I'm lowest on, and obviously he's ninth out of the 10. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I trust Derek Carr as much as someone – he played with Aaron Rodgers forever. Yeah. I yeah. think you're under, people are underestimating how good Aaron Rodgers is. I really do think Devontae Adams' touchdowns take a hit this year because Aaron Rodgers, that was his first look every play, as it should be. It was Rodgers to Adams. I had them both last year. Every week, I watched every Packers game almost last year. Every red zone trip, Rodgers looked his way first. I don't know if Derek Hart's capable of getting him as many touchdowns this year, honestly. Yeah, I mean, okay, we do need to talk about this, though. If you're in the first round, you want to be at the top, middle, or back? <sighs> That's a tough one. I, I think I want to be upper middle. I think if I was around – Three, four, that's not horrible because then you're you're not you're not waiting twenty picks to twenty each turn because I had the I've had the number one pick in our league, Cotley. I think three or four out of seven years somehow. I think three out of seven years maybe, and it's just horrible having that number one pick and then waiting eighteen picks before your next pick. That's miserable. You can't play your team that way. 
And you always get so high on so many players. You're like, man, if this guy's here, I'm taking him. If this guy's here, I'm taking him. And inevitably, everybody's gone. And then you have that added pressure of, yeah, it's nice having two picks in a row. But, like, ah, I think I'd rather be on that 3-4 range. I hate the middle. I hate being in the middle. So you I, want be- I, I want the back-to-back picks. I want I – want, no. this year, I don't want to be in the back. I don't want to be in the back. I want to be one, two, three. I want to yeah. be one, two, three this year. Uh huh. I, I would, I would dare say four. I wouldn't be like that mad at Eckler at four. I think top four would be cool. But the thing is, like, let's say you're six and four. You go six, and then you come around and you're four, and you're fourteenth. On here, you could easily end up with Jamar Chase and DeAndre Swift. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not a. I don't know. I've had DeAndre Swift a couple of years too. He's just. 15 is high. 15 is, is high. Yes, I think it is. Lions suck, dude. He's above Alvin Kamara. And there's Joe Mixon sitting at 14 every year. Yep. Joe Mixon is the type of guy that if I had the 10th pick, you're just like, oh my God, do I take him? Maybe not this year, but in the last couple of years, it's, it's always like 10, 11, 12. You're like, all right, am I taking the Joe Mixon ride this year? This, uh, yeah, exactly. Because then with the Joe Mixon ride, there's always injuries. There's always a three point game. There's always a three yep. point game at the at the most inconvenient time, and then he drops thirty one when you need it the least. Yeah, no one else on your team has already gone off for a forty burger. But then Joe Mixon's like, oh hey, I'll I'll put thirty up. It's yeah, just I'll bad. It's good stats on a bad team kind of guy with your fantasy team. I agree. And I think I'm going to say something. This might be a hot take. I'm not entirely sure. If Joe Mixon's there and I'm sitting there and Joe Mixon's available and Javante Williams is available, I think I'm taking Javante Williams above Joe Mixon, even though he's listed 19th and Joe Mixon's at 14 right now. I'm taking Javante Williams above him. I'll say it. Javante Williams is ranked 19th on ESPN's board. I don't think there will be very many drafts he goes past 14. No, because I'm putting him above Joe Mixon, above DeAndre Swift, above Fournette, above Kamara. Those are four running backs that are listed above him right now. That's something we need to talk about. We'll get we'll get into that segment later on. But yeah, that's our first round. I, I if I have the first overall pick, I'm obviously taking Taylor, but I almost would rather have the second overall pick just so I could take McCaffrey. That's fair. There's. It would, it would almost be more exciting, especially as a Panthers fan, to have McCaffrey sitting there. And I would I would consider if I had the first pick, just because I'm a Panthers fan, taking McCaffrey. I would I would I would let it cross my mind. I don't know if I'd act on it. I think I might act on it. I don't know, man. It's so much fun. When you're, when your best player is on your favorite team, it's so much fun. I have never in my life ever had the first overall pick. Never. It's a, it's a curse, dude. I've lost in the championship twice. When I had the first pick, I got got it. Got a ring myself. I will say though, looking at this top ten, it seems like there's been a lot of changes to like the the top ten preseason draft. Because you got names in there that you don't really you weren't used to seeing in the top ten. Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor weren't top ten last year. Was just was Justin Jefferson or was Jonathan Taylor at the very end? I think Jonathan Taylor was like kind of in the Joe Mixon range last year. I think he was that's like what I thought. Then. And then Jamar Chase wasn't up there last year. Najee Harris wasn't up there last year. It just seems like there's a lot of like a lot more new names of movement in the top ten this year. 
that's not what I mean. That usually happens when like a rookie explodes, kind of thing. But the yeah. thing that I notice is I feel like this is the most wide receivers we've seen in like the early picks. Picks one through thirteen are it's it's split half and half. It's split wide receiver running back, and it's usually nine running backs and like Julio Jones. Yeah, and it's it, that that makes it even more likely to like if I have one of those earlier picks. Like if I'm, you really want one of those top three running backs. You really do. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do players we want to avoid, and then we'll go with players we want to we want. Let's do it. Yep. Players we want to avoid in the in our fantasy football drafts. I'll start out. Any player that plays for the Washington Commanders, I want to avoid. Really? I don't, I don't want anything to do with Terry McLaurin. I don't want anything to do with Antonio Gibson. They they're going through Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke. I just don't want anything to do with it. When your team, when you have a guy on the Washington Commanders, it is awful watching their games because they always bring in a guy like Adrian Peterson or JD McKissick or yep. someone like Dax Milne. Hashtag homie hopper is out there catching touchdowns over Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yep. I I hate hate having a player on the Washington Commanders. I refuse to draft anybody on that team this year. I was actually going to go in a similar direction and talk about Antonio Gibson because you just can't trust him. You cannot trust him. I've already been down that road. I had McKissick on one of my teams, and it worked out so well because he was a he was a surefire flex play every week. But if you draft Antonio Gibson or McLaurin and you see J.D. McKissick getting 15, 20 fantasy points a week, you're pissed. You are pissed seeing that. So that, that's a good one. I, I think I think I agree with that one. We have yeah, because they have Terry McLaurin. At the back end of the fourth round at 38, I would be disappointed if I had Terry McLaurin in the fourth round. Yeah, I think, gosh, I think if Terry McLaurin's my wide receiver three or first flex, that that would be okay. But trusting him as a wide receiver two, especially in the fourth round, ugh, it's kind of gross. And until they get Sam Howell under center, it's gross. All right, all right, calm down. All right, all right, I want to go next. So I was looking through this list. There's a couple things I'm not really sure that I like. And we talked about this earlier. Leonard Fournette at 16 seems high. And we, we were both on this one. This is this is a classic one. This is my dumb football brain coming in. When I see he comes in fat at camp like Raymond Felton or Baron Davis, <laughs> I can't help myself and go, oh, he's going to be a bust. Because I'm not sitting there. I'm not watching Tampa Bay camp. I'm not watching any yep. of that crap. I just see, oh, he came in fat. No, he's he's not going to do all well this year. And I just don't know if he's an every down type of back anymore. They had Ronald Jones and Giovanni Bernard and all these guys. He hasn't shown that he can be in the game for, you know, 90% of the snaps. So it's hard trusting that because if he's, he's listed right here as an RB9 and number 16, that technically could be somebody's number one running back. And if, if I get him as a number one running back, something went horribly wrong. Something's off. That's going to be a lot of people who are doing the popular zero running back strategy where they just go heavy on wide receiver tight end and then draft running backs as, you know, fourth, fifth round kind of. Leonard Fournette is a guy we talked about before we started. I would not be shocked to see him drop to third, fourth rounds in a lot of fantasy drafts. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And like I said, if you're getting him as your first running back, then something's wrong. All right, I'll go similar right below him. He's not fully a void, but he's someone I wouldn't be like super pumped about, and that's Tyreek Hill. He's right under Leonard yep. Fournette at 17. One, I'm not a part of Tua and on. I'm not Tua yet. I, 
I was at Alabama, and the hip injuries scare the hell out of me. I hate yeah. hip injuries. I hate hip injuries when it comes to sports. Isaiah Thomas's career was dead the second he had that hip injury. Hip injuries ruin everybody. Bo yeah. Jackson, career done. Most indestructible person ever, done. Um, no, I, I'm I'm all Tyreek Hill. Uh, I, it's just it comes down to I don't like Tua. Yep. I'm not a big Tua guy. And then also, he's there's a lot of options on that Miami Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, and then yep. even Mike Gusecki is going to steal yep. so many touchdowns. I 100% agree. And it's just this whole offseason, Tyreek Hill has been defending Tua and talking about this and that. And then he went on a podcast and said, this is basically Tua's last year to prove himself or he's out of the league. It just seems like, are they really going to be on the same page, especially from day one? I don't think they're going to be on the same page enough to warrant him going in the top 20 that happened with what 17 that's just like if i'm sitting there in the second round like i said before i'm taking javante williams over him i think i'm taking alvin kamara over tyreek hill i think i'm taking uh joe mixon over tyreek hill i don't know two more things i will say on this one also be wary of the guy that finally gets the big contract because there's a lot less motivation once you get that big contract and then secondly this is an extreme example but it reminds me a lot of the Antonio Brown stuff. Antonio Brown's in a great situation in Pittsburgh. Then he leaves. And then his career just goes to crap. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I know Tyreek Hill's a talented player, but going from playing with Patrick Mahomes to Tua, who's so very much unproven, he, he might not even be able to give him the ball. Like there's no, there's no guarantee that those long throws that Mahomes used to make where Tyreek Hill would burn the safety over the top. 50-yard touchdown, is Tua going to be able to make those throws accurately? Like, until I see that, we might be having a different conversation this time next year, but until I see that in action, it's hard for me to take Tyreek Hill, especially with my number one wide receiver in the second round. Yeah, and I think I just think there's safer options around that point, too. I, I think a yeah. guy like – I mean, I think – I mean, it's not similar. CeeDee Lamb's a little higher, but I think a guy like CeeDee Lamb's a much safer pick. I agree. And people are going to see the name Tyreek Hill and be like, oh, my gosh, how is he still available? Don't take it at face value. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing on Tyreek Hill real quick is that I mentioned it before, like the kind of the Antonio Brown thing. Antonio Brown's situation was way different, but he finally left a good structured, I mean, cliche term, but great culture environment in in Pittsburgh and then left and then just went to crap. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. Miami's not known for a great culture. Hothead wide receiver. I don't know how he's going to fare well with, what if they go what if they go seven and ten? Sorry, I can't get yep. the 16, 17 game math yeah. in my head. It's it's taken me two years. It's like the the San Diego Chargers. It's so but weird. It takes two years every single time. But that's the thing. I I don't know, man. I, I'm not big on Tyreek Kill this year. I'm usually Tyreek Kill guy. If Tyreek Kill's your number one receiver, I mean he's There's usually wide receiver one for me. I mean, I love Tyreek Kill every year, but without yep. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, when I have a wide when I have a wide receiver who has a bad quarterback, that always scares me. I agree completely. While we're on the wide receiver train, somebody that I personally would avoid, the guy I'm listed at number 32 here at 14th overall wide receiver, AJ Brown on the Eagles now. And there's a couple of reasons I'm saying this. Number one, I don't trust Jalen Hurts. I just don't throw the ball. People are like, oh, he's taking big strides this year. I don't know. Don't know about Jalen Hurts. Second of all, he's already got that rapport with Devonta Smith. Like who, you know, like I know there's multiple, you know, they're both going to start obviously on the outside, whatever, multiple receivers, blah, 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 share the ball. 
I just don't know. A.J. Brown took a huge, huge fell off a cliff last year. I know Tannehill's a lot different than Jalen Hurts, but in terms of getting the receivers the ball, is he that different? I mean, A.J. Brown dropped to what? I'm looking at the stats right here. 63 catches last year, less than 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. And he was borderline, what, going as a wide receiver 1-2 last year? I, I just don't trust that at all. I don't trust the Eagles. Don't trust Jalen Hurts. And A.J. Brown is somebody I can easily see honestly having a bust year. I don't hate that at all. I don't. Um, I'm not as defiant because I have been wrong about Jalen Hurts. I didn't think Jalen Hurts would be good at all. And, um, yeah. I think the Eagles are a little overhyped going into this year, but like they're in a shitty division. I mean, I get it, but like, ugh, I still don't believe in Jalen Hurts like to be that guy. Cowboys are going to walk the division. And let's moving on to the Cowboys player. Another player I want to avoid. The players we want to avoid are going to be a lot longer list than players mm-hmm. we love, but. Player I want to avoid, Zeke, because yes. it seems like he's at the end of his ropes. It seems like it's it's the senior in college basketball. It's the senior, you know, the coach has so much loyalty to him, but it's so clear the sophomore behind him is so much better. Yep. Tony Pollard by week six should be starting. Tony Pollard is so much better than Zeke. So do you think they got Zeke listed as what? RB20? I mean, that's not horrible. Like I like you, even if he is the starter, quote unquote. Yes, Pollard's gonna get a lot of touches. I don't think Zeke ever gets phased out this year, though. I think he'll still vulture a lot of carries, especially touchdown wise at the goal line. If he's your flex, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, but he'd probably he's he's gonna be an RB two for people. Yeah, RB twenty. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and I do agree that Tony Pollard probably needs to take over and will, should be more efficient, but. Here's the bottom line. Are the Cowboys going to be willing to do that? Are they going to be willing not to bench Zeke, but like give Zeke that much of a reduced role? I just don't know if they'll do that unless they really start losing games. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just Zeke scares me. Zeke scares yeah, me. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, this is not necessarily somebody to avoid avoid, but we talked about this a little bit ago. Mark Andrews is the tight end number one. I just I don't it see doesn't it. seem like an avoid because he is going to put up stats, but it seems like an overdraft. It seems like take Travis Kelsey first. If you have, if you're taking a tight end, you're the first one to draft tight end. Take Travis Kelsey, like you mentioned, especially without Tyree Kill there. Yeah, no, I'm not. I I love Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But I think Mark Andrews in the, I think Mark Andrews t- going first out of the tight ends and going that early. I think there's more value later on when you can wait on a guy like Darren Waller, George Kittle, uh, TJ yeah. Hawkinson kind of thing. Without a doubt, they have Mark Andrews as 29 here. I'm looking at players below him. I'm taking Nick Chubb, Jalen Waddell, Travis Kelsey, all above my, Mark Andrews and not thinking twice. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, a player I want to avoid, I'm going to go a little twofer here. I'm going to go okay. – it's ranked 45 and 46 on ESPN's cheat sheet. I'm going Marquise Hollywood Brown. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see how he can be consistent. He's going to put up those games where you get like 38 points where he catches four receptions for 175 yards and yep. three touchdowns. He's going to put up those ridiculous games. He is. But I don't think he can put, can put up that consistent eight receptions 85 yards and a touchdown kind of game. No, and they're, I know what they're doing. They're banking on DeAndre Hopkins, you know, the suspension and Marquise Brown starting the season off hot. I don't see it. I really don't see it. And then 46, 
Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, it's all about injuries. I love Chris Godwin. He's a phenomenal fantasy player. He's definitely the kind of fantasy player you love. It's one but, of my guys, yep. But injuries scare me. I don't even know if he'll be actually healthy this year. He's going to miss – he's got to miss at least some part of the season to start yeah. out. Uh, not huge on Chris Godwin. That's fair. and I, I don't know. I feel like uh, 46 is pretty high for Chris Godwin. I don't know, though. I don't know. Like If he's my wide receiver, too – it just it really depends on how how long he's out because you can always have that talk that's like oh is this tom brady's year to regress let's be honest probably not like tom brady's probably not going to regress before he retires i think so i don't know dude i don't know i went on this tear last year and thought that and he had another great year i i i think the wheels are falling off the wagon i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep losing that bet probably but I I, th- I think this is the year. I think this is the year. Um, and then, uh, but like, okay, let's talk about Chris Godwin real quick. Okay, let's see here. Corlin Sutton's what th- five five spots behind him at wide receiver twenty six. Uh, well, would you rather is... have would you what? rather have Corlin Sutton or would you rather have Chris Godwin? Well, right now I'd rather have Cortland Sutton just because this these rankings were before the news broke today that Tim Patrick towards ACL is going to be out for the year. So I would I would say I want Cortland Sutton, especially more now. I know Jerry Judy's there right above him, but I think I'm taking Cortland Sutton over Chris Godwin. Um, I'm looking below Chris Godwin again. DK Metcalf, I'm taking above Chris Godwin. Darnell Moody, is, Darnell Moody is where it gets interesting. I'm going to do a two for here also. So I'm going to go Darnell Moody at 52. I think that's too high. I don't think Justin Fields is is trustworthy yet. Bears just suck in general. And like Darnell Moody, yeah, he's going to be wide receiver one. Has he ever been that before? No, there's no guarantee he's going to be that good. I think he's a little too high. The other one I wanted to hit on is right below Chris Godwin is Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions. And this hurts me to say, because I had him on the waiver wire last year, helped me get to the championship put up huge huge numbers i think he's a one-hit wonder and i think give me your opinion on this i don't think the lions anybody the lions offense is going to be that trustworthy and i think he might just be a one-hit wonder my thing with the lions is he's just the only option and shows he can put up stats with jared goff the lions do have a solid offensive line we know the lions are going to be that sneaky team that's just playing from behind in every game. So yeah. he's going to get touches. He's going to get targets. I, mean, I don't know about touches, but he is going to get targets. I went down that route last year. There was many weeks at the end of the year I'd start three Lions players. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, St. Brown. And it was gross. It felt gross, but it did work. No, I'm not I'm not that down on, I'm on St. Brown. Uh, am I excited by him? No, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not – I'm content with the pick, though. But I'm not like, so, but there's so many receivers below him that I'm taking above him. Cortland Sutton, I'm taking above him. Amari Cooper, I'm taking above him. Tyler Lockett, I would consider taking above him. Like that's where it gets kind of hazy. But I still think he's a little high. You mentioned it, Tyler Lockett. I'm <sighs> out on Tyler Lockett. Big time out on Tyler Lockett. I think this is going to be. I, I mean, he's going to be the classic guy. He's not. He's going to get hurt sometime this year. It seems like it's just going to be. Yeah. He's playing with Drew Locke. It's going to be a disaster for Tyler Lock, Tyler Lockett owners. They're going to expect the old Russell Wilson production from yeah. him. The, he's a big like. You need twenty five points on a Monday night. Oh, he might yeah. get you that twenty five points on a Monday night. Oh yeah. Um, 
I don't see it this year. I think Tyler Lockett, he's got a big, 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 big fat red flag. Seahawks players are another team I really want to avoid, but I can't say no to DK Metcalf in the right spot. Okay, that's fair. I'd agree with that. The last one I wanted to bring up, this isn't necessarily a hate. I was just curious on your opinion of this. Michael Thomas is 65, wide receiver 30. I kind of like it. I, I kind of do too, because I think Famous Jameis is not that bad. I think Famous Jameis is that bad. I Our guy <laughs> Brian, we'll have Brian on to do NFL over-unders. I think Famous Jameis is that bad. I'm not I'm not in – I feel like the, the party pooper, I'm the guy who's just left out on – just kind of boring. I'm not in on the Jameis stuff. I'm not. I'll I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's fun, but when I watch him play – I don't see that big of a difference between him and Taysom Hill, basically. It seems like it's all the same where it's seven for 14, 120 yards, two interceptions and a touchdown. I don't know. I feel like James can definitely get the ball in the air a little bit more than Taysom Hill. And if you're Michael Thomas, if you're drafting Michael Thomas, I think 65 is like a good spot. If you're getting Michael Thomas in the sixth round, I don't think that's bad. Yeah, but then there's guys like Allen Robinson who I love on the Rams. Allen Robinson's a guy I'm. We'll talk. He. I'll yeah. just spoil it right now. He's on the love list. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll go last one here. Yep. Um, Travis Etienne. I don't want to get. I don't want to mix up. I don't want to get in with the Jaguars with James Robinson. All that. They're terrible, terrible, terrible offensive line. I took him last year. Uh, we did our draft early. Too we early. Hurt. We had to, we had to do the draft early, and then you know, yeah. screwed by that. Uh, I'm out on him. That's just a personal thing. I don't know. He could be great. But that's just a personal one. Yeah, I can't really speak on that. I think it's a toss up. Jaguars suck. Obviously, it's not the best situation, but I think there's a chance. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh! Real quick, one more I wanted to add. I'm scared of not to avoid, but I'm scared of is Elijah Mitchell, just because you never know what running back is actually going to play for the 49ers. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, the 49ers running back situation, steer clear. I'm sorry. You have to steer clear. Especially because Trey Lance under center, definitely going to run the ball a lot more than Jimmy G. So there's even more touches being taken away from a shared backfield. That scares me. And that's – I would have a hard time trusting anybody in that backfield. All right, we'll be right back and do players we love. All right, let's do players we love. And so the way we're going to do this is we're not going to count the first round or kind of second round guys. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't be like, oh, I love Christian McCaffrey. That doesn't count. We already talked yep. about Christian McCaffrey. Um, we're going to do basically 20 and below on the cheat sheet. Okay. 19, we'll allow 19. But okay. uh, let me start off. I love DJ Moore. Um, it's not okay, Panthers yep. bias. It's not Panthers bias. It's not. Uh, he is the most underrated receiver in football. Puts up stats with bad quarterbacks every year. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is, he's gonna put up stats. He showed he showed last year playing with PJ Walker and Sam Darnold, he was <sighs> still putting up numbers. And this year he has possibly Matt Corral, Baker, Sam Darnold. I don't think there's any world where he doesn't get a thousand receiving yards. I think he's gonna get a hundred receptions this year. I think DJ Moore is a home run. He's a guy you plug into your lineup. You never have to think about him. He's going to get you a minimum 15 points in PPR, no matter what. You hit the you you hit the nail on the head right there. I completely agree. Not even Panthers bias. One of the most consistent players in fantasy, without a doubt. My first one is going to be, I'm glad you allowed number 19, because I'm high on Javante Williams. We mentioned it before. 
you saw flashes of it last year. I had Melvin Gordon on my team, and I never played him. You could not. You couldn't trust it. It was basically a 50-50 split touches-wise. Javante Williams, way more explosive, much more production for the touches he was getting. I think this year, I dare say by like week four or five, Melvin Gordon is getting single-digit touches per game. I don't think it'll be that 50-50 timeshare again. A lot of people are high on Javante Williams, and I think for good reason. So that's the first player that uh, outside the first round that I really do have a star beside. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on Javante Williams too. I mean, he's going to get a lot of touches. I think, yeah, he's going to get a ton of touches from Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, I'm not as high as you are, obviously. I think there's a little mm-hmm. Carolina bias in there. I mean, yeah, a little bit, of course. Of course. Um, another player I love, um, someone I screwed up by dropping him after like week one last year. I got impatient. I always do it every year. There's always one player I drop too soon, uh, yeah. and that's Michael Pittman. I love Michael Pittman. He's got Matt Ryan coming in. Uh, great O-line on the Colts. My, Matt Ryan's going to have a ton of time to throw. Jonathan Taylor's a big threat as well in the yep. play-action game. Uh, love Michael Pittman. I think he's another guy you're going to put in your lineup, and you're like, wow, this guy is so – it's so comfortable having him on your lineup because he has the option to go off for 35, two touchdowns, whatever. Yeah. But but I think there is bust potential with him as well. But I, I like him a lot with Matt Ryan not having to deal with Carson Wentz. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Next one for me is going to be a tight end. And personally, I'm not one to ever draft the first tight end. It scares me. I'm not sure when to do it. I'm not high on that. I'm never one to draft the first three or four tight ends even. So I'm going to say George Kittle. And they have George Kittle right here at tight end uh, number five, 64. You don't like this? No, that's what I was going to say. That was that's, that's, probably, that's probably the player. Yeah, that's probably who I love the most besides DJ Moore. I mean, just um, if you just think about it, don't think too hard about it. Trey Lance, new quarterback. I mean, not brand new, but new quarterback going to start all year. He's going to love those six, seven-yard checkdowns or, you know, little crossing routes across the middle. Like, that's going to be the safety option. It's not going to be one of the guys in the backfield. It's not going to be Debo Samuel as a safety option. George Kittle is going to be that safety net. He could average eight receptions a game easily. If Trey Lance does I mean, you just – you don't have to overthink it. That's going to be Trey Lance's favorite target, I, I really do think. Yeah, I'm pissed I didn't get that one. I, I I love, 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 love George Kittle this year. George Kittle's going to dominate as long as he stays healthy. That's yep. all, literally the only concern I have about George Kittle is him staying healthy. Uh, I, I absolutely love, 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 love George Kittle. New quarterback, always, always love having a star tight end. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you exactly what this reminds me of. Cam Newton and Greg Olson. I think it's the exact same formula. Trey Lance has so much Cam Newton in him. He's a little yeah. raw, but so athletic. Freak build, so athletic. Is going to rely on that tight end heavy. I, yeah. it, it's, I think if you have George Kittle on your team, um, I, I you, you're going to be so thrilled because you guys because you, you got to compare him to guys like Darren Waller. Darren Waller is competing against Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, yeah. and then. Travis Kelsey is going to be picked a little too high to where you really want to take a tight end, like you mentioned. Yep. And then Mark Andrews, same thing, a little too high. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love George Kittle. That was going to be my next one. Uh, actually pissed off I didn't get that one. <laughs> um, I'll go one. <sighs> Trying to debate here. I don't love, I don't love this one, but I like Juju on the Chiefs. Okay. I like Juju on the Chiefs. I'm not like love, but 
he's a guy that's like, it almost seems too good to be true. Or it's like, is he actually going to put up these numbers? Yeah. But no Tyreek Hill there. He, he has to get touches. He will benefit greatly from having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Compared to Rudolph. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know Big Ben slings ball, whatever. No, Juju will benefit greatly from having Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. I think that's that's a pretty good one. The, all right, that that's about that's about all the guys I love. Oh, I was going to mention one last one. I do love T.J. Hawkinson. That's a good one. I had a uh, I had one more quick mention as well. I'm not as confident on this one, but I think obviously all personal matters aside, when Deshaun Watson comes back, I think Amari Cooper is going to have a great second half of the year. I really do. Just from a pure football perspective, I think Amari Cooper is going to have a great second half of the year if Deshaun Watson is up playing. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. No, I mean, that Amari Cooper is kind of in the same boat as DeAndre Hopkins because, like, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is out the first eight games or whatever, however long he was suspended. Yeah. Amari Cooper, his production is going to be kind – excuse me, kind of weak at the beginning. Yeah. But you're going to see week seven, eight. He's just going to explode. That first yeah. game, that first game with Deshaun Watson, you just know he's going to just die. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks again. You're, and if you know, you know, you're playing that guy week seven that has Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, you're, and then you're going to be sitting there just sweating. All right. That's it for love. We'll come back. Last segment, we're going to do players, just sleepers. All right. Let's close here. We're going to do sleepers. I'll go first. My first sleeper. Um, I have two I'm huge on, huge on. And we're going to consider sleepers after pick 80, like after 80th overall on the rankings that I think we can consider that a sleeper. Um, I'll take this guy first just because I don't want to lose him. I'm going, this is a dumb pick because those second, third receivers have never worked for them, but I'm, I'm such, um, I have dumb football brain. I love quarterbacks that can throw far and fast guys. Give me Sky Moore, Kansas City Chiefs. Really? Even at – okay, so we just talked about Kelsey being the safety net, getting a lot of touches. Just talked about Juju. They have Miko Hardman. You still think? Yeah, no, Miko Hardman's. I think Miko Hardman's done. I think Miko Hardman had his chance. I think really? it's Sky Moore. I mean, that's, that's an exciting one for sure. I think that's one with, like, big, big upside. I think that's a high ceiling, low, low floor. Yeah, I think that's how it was every year. You're drafting Miko Hardman or Demarcus yeah. Robinson, but I think he's I think he's just flat out better than them. They drafted him second round, so they're clearly going to use him. Uh, Sky Moore, I'm going him first. All right, I'm going to start in the quarterbacks. Okay, okay, good. And, I, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go. He's ranked. Oh, where is he ranked? All right, he's ranked 123. QB 14. Derek Carr. I know we talked about Devonte Adams probably having a lackluster year. But that doesn't mean Derek Carr will. I think Derek Carr, having Devontae Adams on the outside, having Hunter Renfro still, having Darren Waller, maybe an improved Josh Jacobs from last year, hopefully. I think I think he can take the next step. I really do. Now, I don't know if, you know, Devontae Adams was – I don't think he meant to, but he like called him like a Hall of Fame potential quarterback. I don't think that's true. But I think Derek Carr's potential will be a top seven fantasy quarterback this year. Derek Carr is a great pick. Derek Carr – because I'm looking at it right now. Look, Tom Brady's great. Tom Brady is a phenomenal quarterback. He's the greatest player, football player of all time. Mm-hmm. But for fantasy, yeah, I would take Derek Carr over him 10 times out of 10. Honestly, I'm taking Derek Carr over Trey Lance. I'm taking him over Matt Stafford. I'm taking him over Tom Brady. 
I think I'm taking him over Jalen Hurts too. Jalen Hurts gets rush yards though. I I don't. I know. know. I know. All right. All right. Well, I'm not going. Hey, it's a sleeper for a reason. Sleeper for a reason. I'm not going quarterback. I'm going wide receiver. I've mentioned him on probably 15 podcasts, especially oh, no. with Grant. Oh, no. I no, no. love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. When he was healthy and he was playing, he's okay, such no. a threat. He, he's going with my guy. The future champions, eventual, they're going to win the AFC East this year. That's the New York Jets, Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore. I know Garrett Wilson's there. I know Garrett Wilson's there. Elijah Moore is a stud. He is going to – he's got one year with Zach. I think Zach's growing pains were bad last year, obviously. The worst offensive line in the league, arguably, probably besides Carolina. I mean, it was horrendous. Yeah. I think the Jets are going to be so good this year. I'm all in on the Jets. <sighs> I don't hate that. I don't hate it. I'm not all in on the Jets. I am not all in on the Jets. But I think Elijah Moore has potential to be a pretty consistent putting your lineup in. Maybe not completely forget about it, but you can feel confident pretty much every week that he's going to get 15 points. Ah, that's a lot. That's a lot. PPR, yeah, okay, maybe 12. Consistent <laughs> 15 is, we're talking DJ Moore numbers. Okay, maybe consistent like 12. I think... Uh, the thing is, the New York Jets I love about them is they have so many weapons this year. So many weapons. I mean, when when you go Zach Wilson, arguably the greatest quarterback in the league right now. Oh, and yeah. then you have Brees Hall at running back. Michael Carter is a third down back. Then you have Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, CJ Uzoma. The, like, there, there's so many options for them. Like, but the, I, those names don't excite me. How do they not excite you? You haven't I'm seen sorry. them. You haven't seen them. They don't excite me. I well, that's fair. I have to see them. I have to like see them in action. If they win some games, then maybe. We there's going to be the biggest overreaction to the Jets Week One if they win. I let, hold up. I I got to see who they play first off. Jets schedule. Let's see this real Last quick. Last year it was the Panthers Week One, and you would have thought it was a home game. Yeah, that was pretty bad. God. Jets. Oh. Ooh, that's going to be – they got a tough – they got a tough start. Eh, not, not necessarily. Ravens week one. I mean – I think that's they, winnable. That could be a shootout. Jets, Browns week two. That's Without Deshaun. Yeah, that's winnable. I, oh, man, this Jets schedule is hard, man. This Jets <laughs> schedule is hard. I'm looking at it right now. You love Zach Wilson. I just can't get excited for the Jets, dude. I just, I, but the thing is, I do love Brees Hall. I like the. My question is defense and offensive line, obviously. But I think the weapons are there for them to be exciting. That's fair. Okay. All right, that's a good one. I'm, I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not actually saying they'll win the AFC East, but I'm telling yeah. you right now that if you are betting against the Jets and you have like minus seven and a half for the oh, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals against the Jets, you are going to be pooping your pants, sweating it out every single week because the Jets are going to be in every single cover because they're going to be six, seven, eight point dogs every week, and yeah. they're going to be in every single game. That's fair. That's a fair point. I can easily see that they're going to be one of those teams that just is so hard to bet against. But we'll get into that. We got over-unders podcast coming in a couple weeks on NFL. But, uh, all right, you go, sleeper. Yeah. Um, this is a deep sleeper. And I'm going to stay in the quarterback the quarterback realm here, actually. Let me just preface this by saying, I don't think this guy will get drafted in most leagues. I think he'll be a popular 
if you're streaming a quarterback every week, he's going to be a popular pick. And that's Matt Ryan for the Colts. He is right now. Good stream. Good stream. He's right now QB 26 below the likes of famous Jameis, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, even Justin Fields, all those guys above Matt Ryan. I know he's 37 new team. I think he's going to be sneaky, good plug and play. I think he's one of those guys that if you're streaming a quarterback, like you usually do, he can come in and get you 20, 25. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm all about that. Especially when you have a good matchup. If I have, let's exactly. say I have, let's say I have Derek Carr going against, uh, I'm trying to think of a great defense off the top of my head. Um, the the Buffalo Bills, the, the Panthers, the Panthers, <laughs> Panthers top ten defense. Don't get me wrong, um, but let's say okay, week one, Matt Ryan's a phenomenal play. They're playing the Texans. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. If you're streaming a quarterback, that is a perfect option. I like that. I, I actually like Matt Ryan at twenty six. He he might get drafted now after saying that. I, um, I, I do like Matt Ryan there. Um, I'll go, I'll go pretty deep sleeper. I'm going to go James Cook, Buffalo Bills running back. Okay. Um, Devin Singletary, who's the starter. He's someone, whenever you have Devin Singletary, you're like, oh, sweet. I got RB2. I have a starting running back. Like, yeah. Like, he's usually ends up being your flex if you do like running back heavy. And, uh, and you're like, oh, sweet. I got a starting running back to place for a good team in the NFL. And then real and then reality hits and he's terror he just doesn't score because Josh Allen runs everything in. Yep. I think James Cook is a legit good running back. There's a reason they drafted him high. Um, I, I think James Cook is great value. I mean, yep. you're looking at what, 12th, 13th round? I think that's perfect. I think I'm I would take a James Cook over like a handcuff play. Over like take over like drafting a backup that late, just in hopes of not hopes, like in case somebody gets injured at the top of the top of the draft. Yeah, I think I would too. I think um, I would too. Yeah. All right. So my last one, and this is a, this is going to be an unpopular one, I will say. And it's one that hits close to home. And I might be overreacting to a couple of training camp videos and reports. And that's Robbie Anderson. And that is Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near what he was a couple of years ago when he joined the Panthers. But if him and Baker get on the same page, that's a sneaky good flex play every week. Just saying. I don't hate Robbie Anderson because he's at his value where he belongs. Because uh, last oh, yeah, year he was, I, he was way overdrafted. I mean, yeah. I don't remember. I I don't remember who had him in our league, but I think uh, he Nobody he's last year terrible, terrible. And then he kept talking like acting like he did stuff. We've done the yeah. Robbie Anderson bit a million times. Uh, yeah, no, I I don't hate him late round. Um, I'm not. I may reach for him just because at some point I you do want a player that plays for your team. Exactly. And he's what right now? He's the wide receiver 60. He's the, he's at 131 overall. I mean, that's late enough. That's worth it to take a flyer on Robbie Anderson. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, you're looking at like Marquez Valdez Scantling, Miko Hardman, Jahan Dodson. James Some of these guys, oh damn. Kenny Kenny Galladay fell pretty low. I know he was on the Giants, but geez. I had Kenny Galladay last year. Anybody who had Kenny Galladay last year or is a New York Giants fan will stay so far away from Kenny Galladay. <laughs> he is the literal plague. He's Awful. not a sleeper. He's somebody to sleep on. Terrible. Um, I, that's that's my that's my best three sleepers. You got one more? I'll go one more. I'm trying to think here. Big decision here. 
I don't I don't know if I I don't no I don't, I don't have any more really that's it I'm 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 calling it right there um is the, what about the Panthers defense is that a sleeper because they're not in the top 10 they're uh, not even top 15 all right Panthers I, I stream defenses. I don't go defense. Defense is my last pick. I just look at the week one matchup. Who do they play? That's who I'm drafting. Uh, I switch defenses every single week. I'm not a big draft defense guy, even though the Panthers should be a top 10 defense. They're going to be phenomenal this They're year. They're not even top 15. Um, you know, I'll go a homer pick. You can do sleeper. Uh, give me Tommy Tremble at 290, tight end 31. Um, why not? I guess. You have to pick someone who's that late. You gotta, you yeah, gotta, I mean, yeah. It's a starting tight end. Starting tight end. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't really have one. I'm 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 so intrigued. We'll close here. I'm so intrigued by the Rashad Penny Kenneth Walker thing because two different people are in all of your leagues are gonna draft Kenneth Walker or Rashad Penny. Yeah, someone is going to get an unbelievable an unbelievable player. Yeah, and the other is going to get absolutely screwed. And I yeah. think Kenneth Walker is actually gonna be better than Rashad Penny. I think so too. I think by week three or four, he'll probably get the majority of the touches. I don't really know, but that's just a shot in the dark. Because, because yeah, it seems like it's like it, you're just taking a gamble on one of those dudes. They're ranked 106 and 107 on ESPN's cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. I it's, I think it's worth a late round flyer on one of those guys instead of a handcuff or instead of picking someone like Kenny Galladay for one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I've, Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker tickles me. I'll say that. Um, do you have anything else? No. Um, honestly, I'm just excited to be talking about this again. It feels like it's been forever. It's been a year since we talked about fancy drafts, and it's exciting to be back. And I'll just close with this. Personally, I'm excited to get that Little Caesars pizza and Mountain Dew, just like tradition, just like tradition says. Mountain Dew and some pizza, baby. Little Caesar feeds pizza. Um, okay, yeah. And real quick, podcast plan going forward. Um, uh, we'll be back to two podcasts a week. We had, we're doing one. There's nothing going on in sports right now. Um, we won't talk about fantasy football probably ever again. Um, <laughs> this is how it is. Uh, yeah. college football over unders is coming soon. We're gonna try and get Preston Johnson back on the pod doing that. Uh, NFL over unders. We're gonna do NFC, AFC. NFC is going to come out on a Tuesday. AFC is going to come out on a Friday. We're going to do that with Brian in the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I mentioned before, college football over-unders. And then uh, be on the lookout for some interviews. We've got interviews coming very, very, very soon. Um, got Getting those scheduled as we speak. And, uh, yeah, I mean, football's back. Let's go. Oh, and hey. be on the lookout. Be on the lookout next week. Next week, BYU podcast is coming up. CarCast. CarCast, let's ride. Grant and I, Grant and I are doing the BYU podcast starting next week. We're getting the the logo put together and everything right now. Pumped, pumped about that. So make sure to check that out. There'll be a separate podcast feed. It will all be on cartercast.com and make sure to subscribe, rate and review, and we will see y'all next time. Bye.